Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Erica Maddox. She'll be sharing her experience with delivering quickly and five weeks early. We will also be discussing her journey with postpartum depression and how she plans on using her doula certification and counseling degree to help other families on that journey as well. We are extremely excited to hear her story today. So hello, Erica, and welcome to the hello. show. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Y'all, we've been chatting a little before getting this done. And so it's going to be great today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the giggles out. Right. <laughs> so, Erica, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. So um, I'm 31. Uh, it's just me and my family. It's me and my daughter. It's just us two. Um, I am in currently at Johnson & Wales in Rhode Island. Uh, studying counseling psychology, and uh, yeah, Madula. <laughs> she, is. she is. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? Sure. So I was 19 years old, um, pregnant. I. It was a great pregnancy. Uh, no, no problems. No concerns. Um, I I wanted broccoli and and tuna fish every day. Wow. <laughs> that's all I wanted and hot cut of popcorn. Mm. Uh, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. It was a great pregnancy. Um, and she was so that she was five weeks early. Um, she it started five days before. I was spotting and I was put on bed rest. Had some. Sp- I think hot wings or probably ch- cheddar popcorn. Then that day, she <laughs> started having the contractions and started, I want to say, about 11-ish, I don't know, like 11, 11.30 at night. And then I just kind of, all I wanted to do was lay down. And then, yeah, I went in the shower, felt like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> So during your pregnancy, um, a couple of things. How did you prepare for your birth, and was it something you were thinking about throughout the pregnancy? How did you go about prepping yourself for birth? Honestly, at 19, I wasn't thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about, you know, what, you know, what I want. I knew that I wanted to try to do having a baby natural, but um, you know, you you get conformed to you just go to the doctor and you go, you know, you go to your, your prenatal visits and you take your vitamins and, you know, you, that's it. So I didn't really have expectations mm-hmm. for it. Um, it was just more, I wanted to make sure that I, I knew that I had to be in a good space to have a natural birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was that the hardest part was the relationship with her father. Okay. That was the toughest part. Got it. Got it. And so what did you do? to get your mind right, to be in a good mindset, mm-hmm. to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah. I, music is like my life. Mm-hmm. I will listen to music for any and everything. So I knew that that was like a calming thing. So I, I knew that that's something that I wanted. Um, and that was, and I colored, I colored a lot. 
to get in a good space. Mm. So that was the two things that I, I used to have my headphones and my coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes, it is. And her cheddar hot popcorn. Right. Yes, that was a must. <laughs> Yeah. So, Erica, can you describe your birth experience to us? Yes. Yeah. So, again, like I said, it was like 11. Mm-hmm. This was 11 o'clock, 11.30. I started feeling like cramps, and I'm like, ah, that's nothing. You know, everybody's telling me about, like, you know, these, these pains, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, that's nothing. So I didn't, and I know that I'm not good with pain with people's, like, touching me and talking to me so I didn't mm-hmm. say anything really I just kind of like was like I'm just gonna deal with it um so I had my headphones on and I just kind of was trying to stay calm and then they came <laughs> and the contractions came and I was like oh this is what everybody's talking about um so I just kind of was all I wanted to do was lay down mm-hmm. I like in the fetal position that's all I wanted to do and then I was in the shower, again, I felt like it was like an hour. It probably wasn't. And then they started coming every three minutes, and I'm like, yeah, Ma, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go. Um, and that was, I would say, when I told her that, so that was about 11, so about 2 in the morning, mm-hmm. that was when it was time to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got to the hospital, I was 8 centimeters when they checked me and then uh, from there they was like, all right, it's time to go to the, the labor room. My water has, didn't break at that point. Um, so it was in the elevator the, the my water broke. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, then she came out in two pushes. Oh, wow. So wow. That was, <laughs> and then she, I had her at 3.18 in the morning. So from 11 to 3.18, that was my labor. Not bad well, at all. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. At, <all. laughs> at five weeks early. <laughs> right. Not yeah. bad at all. She said, "I'm coming." Okay. Yeah, she's right a Taurus, and she came out like a Taurus. <laughs> oh. I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um, in that it being so quickly, like, and and thinking about that now, where they're. Is there anything about that that, like, stands out for you about her coming so quickly or? um... Yeah, it was, you know, when you, you know, you see movies or even just doing, you know, what I do now. Like, you know, you see that, you know, and what you want, like, the skin to skin. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't get really get that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because she was five weeks early, they instantly put her into the NICU. Um, So I feel like that kind of was something that was taken away mm-hmm. um i seen her maybe for like two seconds they're mm-hmm. like oh here's your baby and then then she just kind of got swept away so i didn't say i had her at 318 i didn't see her until like nine in the morning oh, wow. um so you can imagine at 19 i'm like oh what happened to my baby what happened so right. that was that was one thing that i that i that sticks out mm-hmm. right And kind of knowing what you know now, like you said, as a doula, as we think about, you know, the climate and things that are going on with black maternal health Mm -hmm. now and what's um, being said about us. Right. You think about 11 years ago, how different those conversations were. Mm -hmm. Does anything stand out for you about your hospital visit, about her being so early or anything like that? Um. You know, nothing really. I think she, because it was, 
she came out like kind of I want to say naturally I don't I think they kind of messed up on my due date to be honest mm-hmm. um but I, I feel like they you know it wasn't it wasn't communicated of why maybe she was taking you know being taken to the NICU mm-hmm. um because she was fine she was up wide awake and she was you know there was she was crying like they want them to and everything was fine so i just felt like they just kind of like swept her away and didn't really explain right. anything just follow protocol okay. yeah yeah okay yeah so from that can you then describe how postpartum was for you one with her being in the NICU and then just you recovering and like your transition home what did what did all of that encompass for you yeah so she was luckily because she was she came out so perfect um they only had her in the NICU for about a few hours okay so um she was she while I was in the hospital she was with me for pretty much the whole stay um the one thing that I think caused a lot of difficulty in po- in my postpartum was she, I wanted to breastfeed, mm-hmm. but because that was, I feel anyway, that was taken away from the beginning and she was, in, they wanted to make sure before she got out of the NICU that she was feeding. So they instantly gave her a bottle and, you know, trying to, to learn how to breastfeed and just the stress of her not being there. I feel like I, I wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't producing any milk. And, you know, as, as a woman, that's something that you you think, like, oh, I'm, I have a baby, I breastfeed. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I couldn't. I just, it wasn't, I don't know if I, I was taught, I was definitely taught wrong. But um, I feel like that was, that was something that kind of detached me yeah. from her. Um, because I felt like I wasn't good enough to be that mom or be that woman that could feed my child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so that was tough in the hospital as well as going home. Um, and then, you know, just being at home, I feel like it was, that's where kind of everything kind of just all, you know, like just the, the thoughts of, you know, saying I can't, I'm not good enough. Because um, she was a great baby. So it wasn't like she was colicky or anything like that. Um, but I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't good enough yeah. to, you know, for her. So, um, the postpartum was tough and, you know, I would constantly have these thoughts of her, something happening to her. And, um, I would, and it, for a while I was like, what is wrong with me? You know, like you, you think like, well, you know, what is, you know, that's not normal. Yeah, you know, you have a baby. You're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to, you know, be, you know, everything's supposed to be great. And I was, surface-wise, I was very happy, you know. But internally, I was not. I was, I, I would, I would be okay at one month. At her being one month, her going to sleep out. Like I, I, I just didn't have that attachment with her. Mm-hmm. Um. And when she started daycare and school, I would have like these vivid memories or even thoughts, I should say, of something happening to her mm-hmm. where I would be okay with that just so that I didn't have to be her mom. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, for a while, I'm like, I can't talk about that. That's not normal. People mm-hmm. are going to take my baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I, you know, I mm-hmm. can't. But then 
as I got older and doing my own counseling and, you know, all of that, then I realized that it's something that's normal. Um, but, it, you know, it should be talked about, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, that was that was put. I feel like that also with that experience explains the relationship that me and her have now mm-hmm. um, with her being 11. You know, now different things, you know, she's having a little different attitude and things, you know, just different. I feel like our relationship explains that part mm-hmm. with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we constantly um, talk about, like, why it's so important for people to know their own birth stories. Right. Um, because it will come up. Like, you'll you'll learn a lot about either your relationship um, with your parents or maybe why you have different personality traits. Right. It's all based on that. And if we aren't having these conversations, then for for your own healing, then you don't understand right. why you have this relationship. Right. And then for her as well, trying to figure out, like, right. is this normal? Like, where right. is this all coming from? Right. right. Um, and then what you don't want to happen is if she decides that she wants to start having children and she goes through all of these things, that's right. where everything resurfaces. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You've had the time to do the work. Um, when I think about you um, talking about your breastfeeding journey, um, I think that's a, a common thing that happens for a lot of parents. Yeah. And it isn't talked about enough and no. isn't normalized enough for people to feel comfortable sharing it. And that's such a big part of what we do with the birth stories right. in color is that this is real life. It is not all roses. <laughs> it's right. Not all right. <laughs> Um, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. And and my question for you is like, how has that narrative changed for you now when you look at it? Um, how has it changed? So now I look at it in the sense of, you know, my at that maybe at that moment I wasn't supposed to. Um, you know, I look at how. You know, it, it's something that I wish that was was somewhere I had more of the support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even within the hospital now they have that support somewhat. You know, but I feel like that was that was just kind of looked over. And um, yeah, I I just wish I had more of that that support. But overall, I mean, I yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 thing that I love like when we when we hear stories like this is when people are doing the work to shift so you yeah. doing the work like knowing like I'm going through this I need to do something right to heal myself right um, right and not being afraid of that and and the hope is that as we talk about more and more people are are more open to to have those discussions and do that work and know that like you already said parenthood is not 24 7 this happy joyous thing like I even I've even you know told clients before like even after you like right after you have your baby there might be a moment of like oh crap right there's a baby here right this actual human (laughs) they're gonna let me take this human yeah like what (laughs) no let's try that again I might I need a day to like really process that I'm, I, I'm now I'm taking care of someone right. other than myself, um, right. and that's okay. Like yeah, it's right. okay. You, you hope that 
you know, it doesn't get to a point where self-harm or harm to the baby or all that things happen. But having those doubts and those worries and those concerns is is part of it. Mm -hmm. And it can be dealt with when you have the support. Right. That's it. Right. Like the support to feel like I need to share this thought so that I can get it off my chest, move right. forward. And you can also help me evaluate, like, am I okay? Right, right. So that I can ultimately be okay for my child. Yep. Right. Exactly what it is. And, you know, it, it's one of those things, like, you know, um, again, on the surface, I had all the support. My mom, my sister, grandmother, aunt, you know, every, everyone's there. I had all of the support. But it was something that because it's not normally talked about, you don't you don't want to come off where it's like, oh, this she's crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and and I felt crazy, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, why would why am I thinking this about my child? Mm-hmm. Why would I want this to happen to her? Yeah. You know, and not that I would ever physically harm her, but the thought of something happening to her and I was somewhat okay with that was mm-hmm. not okay to me. Yeah. Right. You know, and so as I got older, that's when I was like, wait a minute, that's. That's some, you know, as I'm now starting my own journey with being a doula and just kind of understanding certain things. I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like that, that's real, you know? And I think the other piece of that, too, is like, yes, having the support and having people around you and especially our our mothers, our grandmothers, other women or birthing, Mm -hmm. birthing people, this idea of having to do it all and having to be strong through it all. Right. No, 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 <laughs> no black superwoman. Here. No, no, we right. cannot, we cannot do it all. Um, it's just not, it's not fair, right? And it's just not possible. And there's a lot of like harm that we do to ourselves when we we sit in that mold of, well, I'm uncomfortable today, but I'm gonna fix it and it's gonna be fine. Right? I'm not gonna right. cry and. Right. That does nobody right. and nobody any good. So I think that that, that is something that um, I really feel like is, is shifting a little bit. Us being able as, you know, birthing people to speak to each other. Like, it's okay if you get help. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and I also think with talking about our birth stories with our, our parents and our grandparents, it allows them to see some stuff like, oh. Right. Oh, so that's why. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> right. No, it's true. And, you know, as I'm as I'm on my, you know, my <coughs> healing, pro, you know, journey and, you know, what have you, you know, my mom passed away six years ago. So it's one of those things where it's like a bittersweet thing because I couldn't, I can't ask her that now. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, dang, like, I wonder if that's what she went through too mm-hmm. or you know, like, so I have those questions. I haven't, I haven't uh, reached, I've talked to my grandmother a little bit about yeah. it, but, um, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, I didn't go to the hospital. <laughs> like, you know, back then we didn't do that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I wish I had that opportunity to, mm-hmm. so now I, like, I talk to my daughter about her birth story all the time. Yeah. She doesn't really know so much about the postpartum yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll wait a little bit for that, but. Yeah. For the yeah. most part, she knows, you know, what happened and how, you know, I, I laugh. I make kind of make a joke with her and say she's a full Taurus because she came out like a bull. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that, you know, it's definitely important. Yes, absolutely. And so when did for you like taking your journey shift into your doula work and now working on your counseling degree and 
And how do you see that all connected and, and playing out? So even before I had my daughter, I've always wanted to be a midwife. Um, but I didn't want to go to school to be a nurse. <laughs> I didn't want to do, you know, go that route. I didn't really want to, you know, I, so I wasn't really sure. So I was like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll look into it. Um, you know, I've, I, past few years, I was kind of on this journey of trying to soul search and figure out like, what is this? What is my passion? What do I want to do? Um, and do being a doula always came up. It was always something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and it was the ha being in the room with my niece. My sister had my youngest niece and being in the room and seeing, seeing my sister's face, seeing, you know, my mother and, you know, just seeing everyone there. I was like, you know what? Like, I think I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, so that was the start of that. I, it was a few years before I actually got into it. Um, but it's actually just recently I got, I got my training for, to be a doula. Um, and counseling, I've been, you know, it was something that I've always been into. I've always been interested in that. I've always wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was trying to figure out how can I merge the two, you know, to because I feel like it's important to be able to have that safe space with having a baby mm -hmm. or, you know, even after, during having a baby, you know, during being pregnant, um, you know, being able to talk about your birth story and as well as talk about, you know, what after and, mm -hmm. you know, being okay with talking about that. Um, so I've, my plan is to, to kind of merge the two, um, and kind of make it where it's, it's okay to, just talk about your birth story and talk about your concerns and talk about that. Um, you know, like what, what is it you would, you know, do differently and you know, what have you. So my, my plan is to merge the two and kind of make it a, a dual thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to share with listeners, resources, advice, anything else from your birth? Um, you know, just, what I would say, honestly, is don't feel like you have to, uh, that you have to be alone, you know, after, after having a baby. If you're having thoughts, it's normal. Um, you know, ask a lot of questions. Mm. You know, as you mentioned, talk to your moms and your grandmothers <laughs> and, you know, just kind of have that open, that safe space and talk about it. You know, don't feel like you, like you can't because it's, it's normal. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. With um, Danielle and I were actually talking to Erica about how great it is to get a perspective of someone whose child isn't super brand new. <laughs> I know. Okay, absolutely. She is far from that. <laughs> so, any of our listeners, what did you say, Danielle? I don't care if your baby's thirty. I don't care if the baby's thirty. <laughs> Come on, we want to hear These those stories. stories. Are important yeah. because they are the stories that often are never told. Mm. Right. Um, it's like if you never talk to your mom about your birth story, then yeah, it, it just kind of lives in her. Mm. You right. Know? You don't get to share it and share it with other people, and that the experiences are different, but they're also so much the same. Mm. So, right. You know. Yes. So I think it's an important way to just like that oral history piece that we you know key in on. Like this is all a part of our stories. 
Yep. Not just the new babies. Yep. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. Uh, yes. Yeah, so thank you again for, for sharing your story. Um, if you found that you connected to any parts of today's show or are interested in more stories, please subscribe and let us know what you think. If you find yourself wanting to share your story, head over to birthstoriesandcolor.com to complete a story submission. And if you missed any parts or would like to check out the resources discussed during today's show, head over to the podcast section and you can access the show notes. As always, thanks again for listening and joining our community today. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.